You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The NCAA put some parameters in place for college basketball players who want to test the waters with their NBA draft stock and do so with the help of an agent. They put parameters in place that those agents must meet in order to be able to work with these players. Otherwise, if a player is working with an agent who doesn't meet these parameters, um, then um, they'll be they'll be deemed ineligible. Included in those parameters are the requirement for a college degree. They must be certified by the NBA Players Association for at least three years. They have to go to Indianapolis and actually take a test at the NCAA headquarters to qualify them to be uh, an agent that fits under this program. It's drawn a lot of controversy, drawn a lot of eye rolls. And joining me right now is a contributor to Forbes.com who is the founding director of the sports business program at Washington University in St. Louis. You can find him on Twitter at Dr. Pat Sports Biz. Dr. Patrick Risch joining me right now on CBS Sports Radio. Um, Dr. Patrick Risch, I appreciate you joining me on the program, making some time on a Sunday evening. Do you buy that this is a the, the rules the NCAA put in place are targeted at anybody or any agents in particular, or is this just kind of a misguided sort of thing by the NCAA? Well, I, I think that they were very clumsy, Sean, and thanks for having me on. I think they were very clumsy in how they worded this. Um, I, I think most of us don't have a problem with an organization trying to protect young men or women from being exploited by unscrupulous people. I think none of us have a problem on the face with that. But the way that they worded this was just so incredibly clumsy. By targeting basketball, men's basketball, uh, rather than making it it, it something that should be true of any sport, it, it comes off looking borderline racist, which I'm sure the NCAA did not intend. Also, Sean, by, by putting in that diploma requirement and not putting in some kind of an addendum of, oh, but if you already are an agent, you could still represent some of these young men, uh, obviously Rich Paul being the, the main person that I'm thinking of here, then that would have negated any of this criticism and people coming out saying, oh, this is the Rich Paul rule, the Rich Paul rule. I don't think the NCAA has anything against Rich Paul, but again, by not putting in an addendum to excuse or grandfather in those individuals that maybe don't have a diploma but have already proven themselves as solidified agents, I think they really were just so clumsy in how they went about this. Do you think that they're going to hear some of this backlash and maybe tweak some of the things that you're talking about? <laughs> well, they certainly have heard the backlash. Hey, when Kim, King James speaks, we all listen, and uh, he yeah. was one of the more prominent people that spoke out, but you know, I did see that they came back with a statement uh, a day or two after they, the, the, the news of these policies became public, and they were kind of doubling down on their position, and it said something to the effect of, though we realize some people have had success, you know, this, this was feedback that we received from, uh, you know, from uh, you know, the NBA, uh, other certified agents, that this is the direction that we should head to protect these players. And I think, again could have given them an opportunity to address the two things I just mentioned uh, to, to show people that, look, we're not trying to target Rich Paul. Rich Paul, we, it's great that he's had the success that he's had. Uh, and we're not just trying to target basketball players. But again, so clumsy, Sean, the way they did this. So I, I hope that they will go back to the drawing board. 
and, and hopefully redefine what the policies are. Because, again, I think most of us, you and I, are educated people. I understand that the men's basketball players, there's research out there that shows that of all the college basketball players, they're the ones at the greatest risk of being exploited by unscrupulous people. So I don't have a problem protecting them, but we, we got to do it a smart way. Dr. Patrick Risch, uh, contributor, Forbes.com, has a great piece on Forbes.com about these rules that we're talking about that the NCAA uh, put in place earlier this week. What do we think the conversation sounded like, Dr. Risch, with respect to that college diploma rule? Like, what, what do we think that the powers that be in the NCAA were saying to each other as they came to the conclusion that this is a really good thing to put in this thing? Well, my sense, Sean, is that they're, they're looking at where these kids are coming from in some cases, and especially in the case of men's basketball at the highest levels, the Power Five conferences, a lot of these kids coming from disadvantaged backgrounds that may have people that are in their circles hanging on that may try to exploit them because they see uh, their friend having skills that could maybe take them to the next level, and not just the kid, but anybody that's affiliated with this kid. And, you know, Sean, I know it's a different sport, but remember Lloyd Lake, who was a friend of Reggie Bush, and Lloyd Lake tried to exploit Reggie Bush, the UFC uh, essentially Heisman Trophy winner who was stripped of that yeah. award, of course. But for every successful Rich Paul, how many Lloyd Lakes are there that are trying to take advantage of young kids and their talents? Uh, and I think that's the thing that the NCAA was trying to at least address. They probably have far better data than you and I as to just how many kids out there try to succeed have people in their inner circles that try to give them quote-unquote guidance, and it turns out to be poor guidance. I think that's what they're trying to do is play Big Brother. Now, did they do it the right way? Did they, were they clumsy? Absolutely. But I do think that if there is data, if there are trends that suggest that those players are more likely and susceptible to be taken advantage of, I have no problem if the organization is trying to do something to prevent that from happening. I guess just purely from a common sense standpoint, Dr. Rish, I'm trying to think the NBA Players Association obviously has to qualify agents to work with players who are going to be signed by NBA teams. It almost feels like the NCAA is is overthinking. I mean, I'm guessing they're trying to keep some degree of control, maybe more than they should. But it almost feels like this should be a really simple thing where they go, hey, if the, if the NBA says that this guy's good enough to be an agent, then it should be okay by us. Am I... Am I thinking too simplistically on this? No, I, I think that, again, in, in this particular case, there's any number of ways that they could have, uh, going back to one of the points we talked about with the Rich Paul case, they either could have grandfathered him in, or as you're suggesting, Sean, they could say, or we could go through the NBA Players Associ- Agent Association, and if they deem somebody to be uh, you know, certifiable, if you will, then that should also allow that person to bypass uh, a statute if they are going to stick with this diploma statute but you know one of the things that just real briefly you mentioned that this test that they have to take uh in indianapolis and you know that's not so far-fetched just simply because again every sports league that i can think of including right now i'm getting ready to attend an lafc soccer match here at bank of california stadium uh every league mls nba nfl you've got to pass a test to become a certified agent so that isn't necessarily uh brand new and that's definitely reeks of the feedback that they received from uh, some of the uh, agent uh, 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 bodies that were giving them feedback on their on their input 
Well, I guess some of the people are saying like that test, uh, the real skeptics are saying, well, that's just a cash grab because I guess they've got to pay 1250 bucks or something like that to go to Indianapolis to, to take the test. Are you buying that or do you think that this test is a good thing as far as the, as far as the parameters go? Well, again, it goes back to, I, I do think it's a good thing, Sean, because you know, again, my concern is, you know, get away from this particular case, just any sport. If you've got somebody that, again, maybe it's a buddy, maybe it's not a buddy, but somebody that's a sweet talker that sees and, and almost like a predator, eyes a kid coming out of high school, coming out of college, hey, I, I can sell this guy on how I can make him a big marketing star and get him commercials and get him endorsements. But what if you're all talk and it, it, well, what you're trying to sell this kid isn't real? What if you don't have connections? But because a kid who maybe isn't well-educated on, on the real world allows somebody that's unscrupulous to, to lead him down the wrong road. Now, some people will say, hey, it's a, it's a capitalistic society, and we can't be a big brother to everybody. But again, I think if the NCAA feels that there's something that they can do, if they see kind of a trend of this happening, then, again, don't have a problem with them doing something about it. But gosh, Sean, they could have done it a lot more uh, sophisticatedly, a lot more uh, wisely. And I will tell you one other thing. Oliver Luck, who was recently the executive vice president of regulation for the NCAA, one of the most respected men in sports business, he, of course, now is the commissioner of the XFL. If Oliver Luck was still at the NCAA, the, this clumsy wording and legislation that they try to pass would not have come out. He would have vetted that much more carefully than what it actually was. Yeah, it's like you're reading my notes. I we know Oliver a little bit here in Houston because of his history sure. down here with Andrew and and I. I yeah, I just I have a hard time believing that this thing would have gotten green green lighted or green lit if Oliver Luck were still part of the NCAA. Last one before I let you go, Dr. Rish, and I'm talking to Dr. Patrick Rish, founding director of the sports business program at Washington University in St. Louis, and he has a Forbes.com article up about these NCAA parameters for college basketball kids if they want to work with an agent to test their draft, uh, their draft stock. Um, will there? Do you think there will be an unintended consequence maybe with these rules? If they stay in their current form, we've started to see more and more kids at least take a look overseas um, professional leagues, you know, the NBA has the year, has the rule where you got to be out of high school for at least a year, and that may get changed down the road too. Um, but in this age of one and done that we still live with in the NBA, could there be an unintended consequence for the NCAA where more kids are going to go, you know what, forget these rules, why would I need to be governed by some collegiate rules if I can just go play professionally, make some money overseas, and then come back and go to the NBA? You know what, Sean, I, I hear where you're coming from. I would really be shocked. And the reason I say that is because this, if, if you had a really good player and you had someone in his circle, then let's say that person is as trustworthy and as good eventually as Rich Paul. If these rules were to stay in place, you could find a way to mandate that whoever represents you makes that person uh, part of your team. And that person could still then at least be part of the process. Maybe they're not your main representative, but I think there's ways that the player could get around that. So, my issue, Sean, is I don't think that a top-level player is going to want to risk the, the reduction in brand quality mm. to go to Europe where you're just not going to get the same exposure, you're not going to get the same level of competition as you're going to get both in the NCAA and at the NBA level. So I, I hear where you're coming from, but I don't think it's that extreme. Yeah, that's a really good point about the brand, especially in the wake of Zion Williamson going to the oh NBA, and, right? And how much how much brand equity he got out of just one season um, at Duke. Dr. Patrick Rish, 
Uh, Forbes.com, founding director of the sports business program at Washington University in St. Louis. You can find him on Twitter, at Dr. Pat Sports Biz. Hey, Dr. Rich, really appreciate uh, you making some time. Go enjoy your soccer match. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.